Good morning to those whom are at home, especially our children. And I notice we do have a child here today with us in our sanctuary. So this part is our children's message. We've been doing it from up here so that people in Zoom can hear. And so if it's okay, I'll let you stay in your seat. Perfect. But wait a minute. Squirrel? <laughs> Squirrel? No. No. Squirrel? All right. Have you guys heard that before? Squirrel? Anybody said it? Sometimes it's used. I think it came from one of those silly uh, Disney movies at one point. But sometimes you'll hear somebody go, squirrel? Because they're talking about getting easily distracted. Can it ever be easy to get distracted when you're at school trying to pay attention to the teacher? Or even at church when you're trying to pay attention to the sermon? Yeah, or when you have other things going on on your devices around you? Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It can be easy in life to get distracted when we need to concentrate on one thing, but other things are on our mind or going on around us that we want to give our attention to or look at or maybe see, touch, feel, when really our attention needs to be in another direction. So that's a little bit of what Jesus is talking about in our passage today and what we'll talk about, how we can get distracted in life and ways that it is good to sit, pray, take some time for quiet, and be able to focus our attention on truly one thing. And today that one thing is Jesus Christ. So for both our children here and our child that has joined us amongst us here in the sanctuary. We're just going to look a bit at what it means to be attentive and in the moment and concentrate on God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. By now, you know that I preach from my iPad. Yes, I'm one of those. Let's take just a moment to center ourselves, to pray before we move into the sermon. Lord God, you are here with us now, giving us breath and life. May we be attentive to your word and seeing where you are speaking to us today. I ask that you lead the words in my mouth by a meditation true to your Holy Spirit. Amen. I think I heard someone say you can't hear me. I'll speak up. Thank you. So while Googling holidays and stress this week, several articles appeared. Here are a few of them. The holidays can be a stressful time of year. Another, festive stress. Why the Christmas season can be anything but merry. The last one, 
Does the thought of Christmas stress you? Yes, I know it's just July and nowhere near the Christmas season yet. However, I'm reading the story of Martha and Mary this week, and I can't help but think of the stress that the holidays can sometimes bring up. The stress that so many families go through when preparing for Christmas and then on Christmas Day. The searching and buying of the presents, the searching and buying of the food, not being able to find parking spots, and the watching of the bank account slowly shrinking. And this is all before Christmas Day even arrives. And Christmas morning, especially if you have kids, you watch them just tear through the presents, enjoy in shrieks of happiness, and then they go about their time of leisure, enjoying their new treasures. Then the meal comes, and usually it's just one person stuck preparing the majority of it. The family eats, sounds of joy again, all the flavors of food that go along with conversation. Dishes are dirtied, and so often it's the same person left to clean up afterwards. Oh, Martha, I can't help but wonder if you perhaps felt like that one family member, frantically preparing for Christmas, leading the day, and then being stuck to clean up yourself. Over our last couple weeks of scripture readings, We have concentrated on themes of hospitality and the kingdom of God. We read about the mission of the 72 sent out by Jesus and heard about an expert in the Torah, which led to a story about a good Samaritan. This week, we have Martha and Mary. Martha busy preparing and leading the gathering and Mary listening at Jesus' feet. Now, too often, this story is used to contrast the two characters, to either show how Martha got distracted by the wrong task and Mary saw the better purpose. Or even some can't help but look at the story and relate to Martha, doing all the work. For a moment, at first glance, where might you find yourself in this story? As I read this story over and over this week, I found myself wanting to push past the surface of a Martha versus Mary scenario to find the bigger picture. Let's imagine this scene again for a moment. And let's reset it. Let's say you're a guest at the house of Martha and Mary. You've entered entered the home and are shown where you can sit. As you sit, you look over and see Jesus talking to everyone, including Mary. Mary, a woman, Jesus, at Jesus's feet, nonetheless. A woman sitting at Jesus's feet, just listening. Mary, just lounging, looking quite comfortable, I must say. Then suddenly Jesus stands up. Martha has come over and is talking frantically to him. Something about getting Mary to help out, 
Jesus responds saying Martha's name not once, but twice. Martha. Martha. Sounds like he's saying it in a caring way. Mary has chosen the better part. Better, he said. What exactly does that mean? How can the woman sitting on the ground not helping out have chosen better? And then it hits you. How easy it has been to judge this person, to have judged the actions of not just Mary as doing nothing, but Jesus, whom you think is chastising Martha by saying her name twice and telling her that Mary chose the better part. But he's assuring her, Martha, you're busying yourself with the work, but it's okay for you to sit down, take a break, be with me, listen to me, rest with me. Ah, I see now, Jesus. I see you've really changed what I generally find acceptable or what is taught is necessary and shown the need for time spent with you. How easy it is to look at the actions of others and presume we know their intent, purpose, and meaning. And how often do we later find out we misjudged that person? Martha and Mary lends us the opportunity to learn through the story the importance of reserving our judgments of others. How Jesus gently redirected Martha away from anger and judging of Mary for seeming not to be helping and instead pointing out the need for intentional time with the Lord. This isn't a Martha versus Mary kind of story at all. Martha wasn't doing anything wrong and neither was Mary. They were just both taking different approaches. And Jesus points out that in this situation, Mary's approach was better. He didn't say Martha's was bad, sinful, or anything negative. He simply says, in this moment, Martha, Mary's approach is better. There are moments when it's better to slow down, sit down, and listen to Jesus. How many times have we needed to do just that? To take time to just sit down and rest in our thoughts with God. Or to stop and just take some time to pray. How many times have our tasks, our work, our cleaning, are busying ourselves in whatever that looks like, kept us from doing just that. Resting with God, praying to God, studying the word of God, being here together to be with God. For it's in the moments we pause and are intentional in our time with Jesus that we can find rest. 
where we can find answers, where we can just be. So this morning, I'd like to take a moment to try something different. To invite each of you into a moment of intentional pause. Intentional time with Jesus. Yes, we're here at church to worship. We sing, we pray, we listen, and all that is needed. And when you go home, those practices are still needed. And I'd like to guide you in a moment of quiet meditation in our worship today as a way of being with Jesus in a different way this morning. And maybe you'll find it a way you'd like to practice later at home. So we'll do this, this practice together through a short meditation, not typically done during a sermon, but in the spirit of Martha and Mary to help us experience the better Jesus spoke of. We're going to try to tune out the noises around us, to tune out the busyness you might have going on in your own mind that distracts you from worship here today and truly being with God. And I'll be using a meditation found in the book, a collection of meditations for renewal called a rhythm of prayer. And this particular meditation is by Sarah Bessie, who writes about breath prayer, a very common form of meditative prayer, an ancient form of prayer easily adaptable for anyone. And we will use two lines adapted from scripture. So again, I'll invite you to take this moment to just pause. It's okay to breathe, to rest, and listen. The two parts of scripture are adapted from Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. I'll invite you to feel where your body is at while you're sitting right now. Just to feel, are you comfortable? And I ask you to adjust if you need to find a little more comfort. Now I invite you to take one breath in for me and breathe out. I'll read our verse for us. And while I do, you'll breathe in as I say, humble and gentle one. And you'll breathe out as I say, your rest for my soul. We'll try to tune out the noises around us and what we think should be distracting our mind and just be with God in these words. And we'll do this about 10 times. So we start by breathing in, as I say, humble and gentle one. And breathing out, as I say, you are rest for my soul. Breathing in, humble and gentle one, breathing out, you are rest for my soul. Humble and gentle one, you are rest. 
for my soul. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. Amen. May we remember Martha in her busyness, the task that she took on and its goodness. And may we also remember Mary who knew to stop, take intentional time to breathe and just listen and be with God. Humble and gentle one, you are rest for my soul. Amen.